Welcome to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, a podcast featuring C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit and government leaders expressing how they model leadership, integrity and authenticity in the marketplace. So sit back, relax and enjoy the collaboration with thought leaders from across the globe sharing their best corporate practices. Now let's welcome our host, Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee for another amazing conversation. Welcome to Paradigm 360. I'm your leadership coach, Christina Lee, and I'm so excited to be here with another episode of Exec Talk. I have a fantastic guest with us today. We're going to be talking about leadership, and I have all the way from the great city of Cincinnati, Mr. Stephen C. Coates. And so Steve has been in the industry for more than three decades. He has a lot to say about leadership. And so we want to jump right into the conversation. But before we do that, we want to pay the bills from our sponsor, Paradigm 360. Hold tight, and we'll be right back with our guests. Paradigm 360 LLC is a corporate consulting firm that specializes in executive coaching, coach training certification, change management, and an array of leadership development tools designed to build culture and produce authentic leadership within your organization. Our team of experts have over 30 years of combined experience working with C-suite executive, leadership teams, middle management, and frontline employees. We take pride in our corporate motto, building world-class leaders one conversation at a time. Please look us up on the web at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Until then, we'll see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. Welcome back to Paradigm 360's Exec Talk. Boy, do we have a lineup for you today. I am so excited about this guest. I have wanted to uh, interview this gentleman for uh, many, many, many months now, and I had an opportunity to connect with him recently, and he agreed to come on the show, and so you are definitely in for a treat. Today, we're going to be talking to none other than world-renowned leadership coach and consulting trainer, Mr. Steve Coates. Steve Coates is a managing partner and owner of International Leadership Associates, a leadership development education and consulting firm. Steve's work is focused on leadership and team development, accountability, growth, and strategy. For over 30 years, he has taught, coached, and consulted with executives and all levels of managers in several countries around the world. Steve is a leading authority of and one of the first people to be certified at the master's level on the five practices of exemplary leadership. The leadership methodology from the worldwide best-selling book, The Leadership Challenge. He has been involved with the work and its authors, Jim Cousins and Barry Posner. Since 1987, Steve has worked with a range, a wide range of clients in a variety of industries from household names, top 100 corporations to small family-owned businesses. He has also worked with universities, government, military, and nonprofit agencies. Steve is co-author of the book, Ignite the Extraordinary, released in December of 2020. He also co-authored the book, There is No Box, and the booklet, 
raise the bar. He's a frequent writer and his articles have been published in industry magazine, trade and educational journals. Steve has 16 years of experience with AT&T where he led national account teams and provided leadership and executive development and consulting. Steve received his MBA in executive management from North Texas University and completed an executive program in technology and innovation at the Wharton School. Can you help me invite my guest to Exec Talk, Mr. Stephen C. Coates? Welcome, Steve. How are you? Christina, thank you very much. It's wow. great to be here. I appreciate the rousing applause. Yeah, did you hear that crowd, Steve? Wow, D- does does the crowd always do that for you? Well, they they only do it after you introduce me. <laughs> thanks for thanks for encouraging the heart. Oh. I tell you, I appreciate that. Well, it's a joy. And as I said in my opener, I've I've wanted to uh, connect with you. Uh, you are a champion in the space that uh, I am a babe embarking upon uh, as it relates to this whole uh, leadership piece with the leadership challenge, the LPI. Uh, I am uh, I just love 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 this curriculum. I love the work that uh, Jim and Barry uh, have authored and produced, and I know that you are a champion in this space. Um, you and I have a friend in common, uh, Ms. Valerie Willis, uh, who is quite the um, master facilitator herself. Valerie and I have known each other for years. Uh, she lives here in Cincinnati and uh, had a chance to work together a lot, but she's just she's just good people. Yep, she is. She is. And I, I must say, um, put in my plug, she is also my mentor. And so uh, I am very, very honored to be under her tutelage. So let's let's jump in here because there's so many things that uh, I know that uh, we have uh, planned to discuss today. And I want to get to each and every topic because uh, what a treat to have you on the show. Let's start out by you just first of all, telling us a little bit about who Steve. Tell us about Steve Coates. Yeah, the uh, uh, I've been a uh, uh, in this leadership world for quite some time now. I had an interest in it for, gosh, ever since I can remember back in college and so forth. And uh, so, you know, one of the things that defined me is I've just been on that journey for now over thirty years of trying to figure out what leadership is, and more importantly, how people become better at it. Wow. So in all parts of my life, you know, I've, I, I just see the world through the lenses of, of, of leadership a lot. So if I'm watching a good movie, I'm looking for leadership examples or just uh, observing things in day-to-day life. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things. It's more than a job. It's a calling. Perhaps you've heard that expression before. I have. And, and I, I think you and I, it. yeah, I have. You and I share the, the same sentiment around that. You're absolutely right. It's not a job. It's a calling. Then with that, tell me, how did you then land this wonderful role of leadership consulting? How did you embark upon starting the company? What, what, how did this kind of unfold for you? Good, good. Yeah. Thanks for that. You know, you mentioned uh, in the, uh, when you were reading my background, I did spend some time at 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 AT&T and this was years ago. And one of the jobs I had was called a national account manager. So I had a group of people working for me in a variety of different departments in actually a variety of different cities. And we took care of one specific customer on a nationwide basis. 
And what I learned in that position was that every day we would come in and we would hear the word no an awful lot. We'd hear it from our customer because we're, you know, we're pitching things all the time to them to help make their business better. Some of them they agreed with, some of them they didn't. And we heard the word no a lot from our own company. Hey, if we could change this or do something else in a little bit different way, it would increase the business we have with our client and they would do more business with us. And what I discovered at that time was AT&T offered a lot of, of, if you will, education, development, training on management type of things. But in my mind, they weren't equipping people like me to deal with folks in an environment where we heard that word no a lot. And so mm. I'd go home at the end of the day and say, well, what do I need to do to inspire people to where they wake up in the morning and they just can't wait to get to work? When there's going to be an environment when we're hearing no, 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 an awful lot. And when I, I, I was in that job for a while, and then I made a conscious career change at AT&T to, to follow my dream about leadership, which I mentioned earlier, I've always had a passion about. And I kind of pitched some people on creating some a curriculum, if you will, to help, help people that were in my position, my current position as a national account manager, become better at leading people in that role instead of just getting the traditional management training. And so the, the next part of that story, I met Jim and Barry, who were writing a book at that time based on their original research called, going to be called The Leadership Challenge, which we're also familiar with. And when I looked at their, their work, their research, and believe it or not, they had already begun to unfold these five practices. When I saw that, it dawned on me that this really appeared to be leadership. It wasn't just new management philosophy or techniques with the leadership language thrown on it. This was something that people could really get their hands on and use to grow and develop themselves to become better leaders. So after meeting Jim, there were a couple of people I were working with uh, at AT&T after we met Jim and Barry. Gosh, uh, probably within six or so months, they left to start the company. I stayed with AT&T to give us all a client to launch the business with. And within probably three years, we had formed a business whose mission was to take the five practices of leadership to organizations around the world. Because we felt that strongly in that philosophy of leadership, even at that time. So that's how I got into it. 30 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. Wow. And so with that, of course, you met Jim and Barry. And you, in your, in your bio, it talks about you being one of the first to be a certified master. How did that come? I mean, you've been championing this for a long time. Actually, um, Jim Kuzis and I did the first leadership challenge workshop together that was outside of anything he and Barry had been doing at Santa Clara University, where they were both at. As I understand it, it was the first in-company program, and we did it in Cincinnati, Ohio in June of 1987, which was about three months before the first edition of the Leadership Challenge book was released. 
So I had the great fortune to work with Jim when we didn't have a lot of classroom materials and there wasn't even much of a book for me to read. And I'm working side by side with one of the authors uh, doing my first leadership challenge workshop. So uh, that may have had some role in me getting certified in it uh, earlier than most, but uh, <laughs> that was an experience I'll never forget, I'll tell you. Wow. And, Talk uh, about being brought to the front of the line, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that. It would have been nice to uh, have had a little bit more materials to prepare with and all that. But uh, Jim, uh, you know, he's one of those types of leaders that uh, is not going to let you fail. Mm. And uh, we we. We worked together, I thought, very well, and he, you know, we'd had plenty of conversations before that. He knew what I was prepared to do and what I wasn't prepared to do, and he was there to uh, have my back the whole time, and and I stayed with it. Uh, you know, it was it began in 1987, and and uh, you know, I I just loved the material that much that we just kept working with it and working with it, and I, you know. Becoming one of the early master certified facilitators, I probably just had more experience than anybody else. That's fantastic. Well, I, I'm uh, excited that I'm talking to the guru of the LPI and the Leadership Challenge. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing. Uh, let's 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 really dive into this conversation because I'm fascinated to hear from you. In your estimate, where does leadership start? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, um, and and I think about that a lot. And for those uh, of your listeners who are familiar with the five practices, that practice called model the way for me is uh, is where it begins. Um, and that practice is about the leader really being clear on who she or he is as a leader. What, what the values that they follow are, what they believe in, what their principles. And you just really have to know the answers to those questions before you can expect anyone to follow you. The first follower of any leader, in my view, is the leader him or herself. If, if I'm not going to follow me, how could I expect anybody else to follow me? So I really have to be clear on what's important, uh, what what moves me, what what the principles are in my life that I want to follow, and then I can begin to take that leadership outward to other people. That's fantastic, and and one of the things that I love about modeling the way is really developing the values, right, and then helping people understand that from a shared value perspective, uh, because I. I, yeah, go right ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. And and I tell people when I'm working with this model, Christina, that the most important word in that practice to me is the word the. Model the way. Mm, that's Not great. just any old way or a convenient way or an easy way, but model the way. The way that you're putting your stake in the ground on or the lines that you're drawing in the sand and Boy, we just see time after time of people that are are trying to well, they'll say what they what they believe in and what they're attempting to do, and then they end up taking another route that's probably easier, more convenient, or has a quicker paycheck, and they end up sabotaging themselves quite often. 
Absolutely. And I and, and you know, this is great that you started off with Model the Way because not only is it the first of the five practices, but it's really going to help give a segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is vision. Because the second practice is inspiring a shared vision. And I know that you have a really interesting methodology around how you launch into this inspire a shared vision practice. Can you talk a little bit about what you tend to do with leaders first prior to talking about vision? Yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've struggled with vision for years, uh, the practice of inspire shared vision. And the reason it's hard, uh, you know, it's, it's, gosh, it's one of those things that you don't get a lot of immediate gratification about. You're bombarded with, with work every single day that has to be done that day. And, and I, I just, I've thought about and reflected a lot about, well, how, how do we get people more and more to not only embrace, uh, inspire a shared vision, but to be a little bit better at it. And so what I've started doing is with many individuals or with groups, I want to introduce them a little bit to some of the, the uh, thoughts behind the practice of challenge the process, mm. uh, which is really about thinking about your thinking. I, I want people to think about their thinking uh, and, and not just think about things, but really reflect on how they see things and why do they see things the way they do and and in what ways are they pigeonholing some things or taking, you know, what patterns do they have in, in their in their thinking that kind of truncates them and, and keeps them in, in their own little boxes and so forth. And with some conversation about that, my, my goal is to help them think a little bit bigger and think about things in different ways so that when we get into really looking at visions and, and destinations that you really want to achieve and accomplish, it hopefully is going to lubricate their brain to be able to think a little bit wider, a little bit deeper, a little bit broader, a little bit bigger. Wow. You, you know, you bring up a very interesting point. Um, and you talked earlier about leaders not having the time, right, to do some of this stuff. Um, just a sidebar on this. Steve, because I just had a conversation today with a leader that that uh, has a real clear understanding around vision, but is somewhat challenged in uh, trying to trickle that information down to the people that may report uh, yep. to this individual. How does how do leaders not only spend time or cut out time for the the vision crafting, but how do they help develop that line? of talent underneath them to understand the importance of vision. Yeah, the, uh, uh, boy, they, well, they just, you know, they find six or seven hours additional in the day. And so they have 30 hour days instead of 24 hour days, you know, <laughs> uh, if it were only that easy, uh, I'll tell you, there are some things that leaders do uh, in my view on that is, is one, they, uh, they continue to communicate how important vision is. Uh, and, you know, when, when, when I talk about that, we, we get caught up in so many window dressings of things that seem to be related to vision. Uh, you know, you and I've talked about this before, but there's all these words out there and, and notions. There's, 
strategic planning. There's, you know, strategic thinking, strategic imperatives. There's winning aspirations. There's visions. There's missions. And we can make a career out of just trying to figure out what each of those are and answer them. And so one of the things that leaders do with their people is that they, they get them involved. They talk about mm-hmm. this and, and they, they share how important it is. And, and one thing it, it, that I'll also say is I've never seen it being the leader's job. If I can use this metaphor to go up to the mountaintop for 40 days and come down with the perfect image of the future and and the perfect roads to get there it's the leader's role to get the process started Mm. so it takes everybody on a team or in a community or whatnot to contribute to the vision and it's the leader's responsibility to make sure that that conversation and that vote gets done you have really helped us kind of move into uh our next segment uh, around sh- inspire a shared vision. You and I talked about um, in a previous conversation this whole concept around casting the vision, then building alignment, and then of course the most difficult thing to do is operationalize that. Right, and so I, what I hear you say is as the leader continues to share the vision, but it's important to build alignment with the team. Would, would you agree with that, Steve? And, and how would you um, just craft that conversation, building yeah. alignment? Yes, I, I do agree with it. And, uh, you know, it, it is inspire a shared vision. It's not uh, drum my vision into people or to uh, uh, always try to find the perfect vision. It's let's agree on something we all want to pursue and have a good time and go get it. And so that it starts with with the we aspect. And so when we're casting that vision and so forth, it, it takes me back to a couple of questions, Christina, on the LPI uh, that you know we've also had some conversation about. Two of the lowest rated questions on the leadership practices inventory, which is the assessment that is associated with the leadership challenge. It's questions number 12 and 17, they're vision questions. And question 12 is, to what extent does a leader really ask other people about their visions and what they want to accomplish and what would be meaningful for them? And that's one of the things that has to take place in order to operationalize a vision, you've got to hear from people so they can weigh in and say, hey, this is what I'm willing to invest my time and energy and effort in. And then question 17 is about, well, hey, are you able to show others that if they do join you, that there's some real benefit for them out of that, that they're better off? And so it's this idea of attempting to continue to reassure people and convince them that together we can make this happen because we always have to remember, and this is the difficult part for vision. When we're dealing in the realm of vision, we are dealing only with possibilities. We're not dealing with slam dunks. There are possibilities. And just think how difficult it is to get someone to fully commit themselves to something that they're not assured of that they can actually ever achieve. 
Wow. I mean, that's why we call this the leadership challenge and not the leadership cakewalk. That's a very difficult task for leaders to do. Wow, Steve, you are doing a fantastic job. Hey, listen, we're coming up on a quick commercial break. I am enjoying this, and I know that uh, our audience is probably taking notes after notes after notes after notes, so thank you for being here. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Steve Coates. Have you ever wondered how to scale your career? Or what about lead your team to the next level of success? Or maybe you've thought about stepping out and launching that new consulting business. Whatever your personal, corporate, or professional desires are, Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 is the platform for you to glean from world-class thought leaders across the globe. Join the conversations on Apple, Android, and various podcast platforms. And once the show is over, keep the conversation going on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of our executive leadership coach, Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with executive leadership coach, Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. All right, we're back with Steve Coates and we are getting some amazing leadership tips around the leadership challenge. And uh, I want to just jump right in here because Steve uh, has not only done phenomenal work with the authors of the world's best-selling leadership book, The Leadership Challenge. Uh, But Steve is quite the author himself. And so, uh, as you know, in our introductory, we talked about the fact that Steve has uh, co-authored a book called Ignite the Extraordinary. That's his latest work published in 2020. Steve, unpack what you want, sir, about this wonderful read. I I can't wait to hear uh, what you would like Uh, people to take away? What would you like your audience to walk away with after reading your book? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, You know, ever since I've been working with Jim and Barry, um, the, the subtitle of their book has always been something related to getting extraordinary things done in organizations. And, you know, I've taken that to heart that I think leadership is really about accomplishing the extraordinary. And so in in the book that uh, my co-author and I just put out here in the last couple of years, Ignite the Extraordinary, we we were thinking about, well, gosh, it's real easy to talk about extraordinary accomplishments, but it's a lot of work to get there. So it requires a lot of growth. And we've been big proponents of growth for, for most of our careers, because that's what we think leadership is about. It, it gives people the opportunity to continue to grow and develop, either in organizations or in their own personal lives. So in Ignite the Extraordinary, one of the things we, we provided was what we called the sustaining growth model. And it takes a look at various phases of growth that occurs in our lives and in our organizational lives. And we also, when we're looking at those phases, on how you go from like ordinary achievements into extraordinary achievements, we also realize that that's not a comfortable path. And so there's many times, and, and everyone needs to understand this, when you're growing and moving toward those, those great accomplishments in your life, 
there are a lot of moments and a lot of time spent in that realm of being very, very uncomfortable. Because if we're not uh, willing to get uncomfortable, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to grow. So a lot of the book is just around what you need to do for yourself and to lead others through these various phases to get through those times of discomfort and to, you know, ensure when people are there that they're still making progress and how to lead them through that up until the time they can become really extraordinary in what they do. And by the way, find that it's very, very comfortable for them now to be achieving those extraordinary results. Wow. When you when you talked about growth, um, you triggered something, a question that I'd like to ask you around growth. Do you think that leaders grow the most during difficult circumstances? Is that when they, you feel that they're sharpened the most? Yeah, boy, um, I heard, uh, I wish I could take credit for this, this statement. I've heard a couple of people say it, but it sure rings true with me. And the statement is, Adversity doesn't build character, it reveals it. Wow. And so, you know, I do believe, and and I think the research is very clear uh, about how hardships really help forge our character. And we can grow a great deal as leaders during hardships and during tough times and during adversity, partly because we have to. You know, there's there's not a lot of options for, for not being successful. And it's those times, you know, a lot of times during crises when people do their very best leadership work because there's not a book for them to follow. They don't have the rules about, hey, here's the way we've always done it or that we have to do it. It's, it's a different world. We just have to figure out how to get this problem solved or to get out of this crisis. So I do believe that tough times is really a forge for many people in, in their leadership growth and development. But the, but the real challenge, I think, is it's not about going into work every day and saying, I got to create a crisis so I can grow as a leader today. <laughs> it's how do I continue to grow and help other people grow when we're just trying to maybe expand, grow, do things even better than we did yesterday. Wow. Thank you for that. Because when you said that, it just triggered that in me because I think uh, as leaders, uh, we do very well when we're when the storm, when there's no storms and the water is calm. But boy, when the waters start raging, uh, you're right. That's that's when our character shows the most. And, and really, that's when we can really show this whole uh, leadership practice around modeling the way. Well, right. it is, Christina, and I'll tell you, that's the times when we need leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, with an airplane, with an automatic pilot, if it's a perfectly uh, clear day, no wind shear, uh, no, no turbulence of any kind, it's, I could probably even fly an airplane. Yes, <laughs> it's absolutely. It's just through the storms and the winds when you want somebody up there that really knows what she or he is doing. And unfortunately, most of our work lives these days, there's a lot of turbulence. You are absolutely right, especially post-COVID. I mean, we're 
Uh, and I don't even know if post-COVID is a, a real thing. We're still dealing with this uh, pandemic, uh, not to the degree that we were uh, two or three years ago, but we're definitely still uh, in it. You know, as we start to land the plane, uh, Steve, this has been fantastic. And, and I, I'd like to know from you, what nuggets would you like to leave with our audience as we close? Yeah, I, that's, oh, thank you for that. I just, I want everybody to know, I, you know, I've been at this, this leadership work for 30 some years. And I believe with my entire heart that everybody's got that leadership within them. Uh, Jim and Barry, when they first uh, introduced the Leadership Challenge book, they said leadership is not the private preserve of a few gifted or privileged people. You know, and I've seen this in everybody. And so it's it, it takes a commitment to want to lead. And, and the nugget that I'd like to leave is that we really do have to make a decision to be intentional about leading. It just isn't going to happen at the end of the day when we get finished with all of our work because we're never going to get finished with all of our work. So we really have to make a commitment to ourselves that, hey, I think through my leadership, I really can help other people grow. I can help them become the people they want to be. I, I, I can help all of us together increase our production or whatever we're trying to accomplish, whether we're you know, working at a nonprofit where there's always increasing demand given our short supply of resources to any other type of, of work that we do. And so we, we have to have that resolve every day to say, I am going to do something about this. And the last thing I would say, please know that you can do this and you can step up as a leader. And it, it, it's not an arrogance. It's, you know, people aren't going to be saying, well, who made you queen for the day or who made you God of the world? They're looking for folks that are willing to step up and bring people together and, and, and help all of us, you know, accomplish the things that we need to accomplish in a really collaborative and I like to say a, a, a fun and heartwarming way as well. So that would be my, my, my final nugget to, to encourage people to stay intentional about becoming that leader other people need them to be. Wow, our next show has to uh, talk about uh, we have to talk about that leadership intent because that's a real thing, and I think that you have to carve out time to work on your leadership. You have to be intentional, and I think one of the reasons that we're not seeing this in a widespread manner in some organizations is because we can't just do the nine to five. We got to work on our personal development and our self leadership. Listen, before we go, Steve, first of all, thank you. I want you to share with our internet audience where they can pick up your latest work in terms of uh, the, the several books and uh, articles that you have published and anything you'd like them to know about your company, your website, anything if you'd like folks to uh, connect with you, please share with us what you'd like. Oh, good. Thank you for that. Yeah, the book, uh, Ignite the Extraordinary, the best place to go is Amazon. And uh, if you want to learn more about us, uh, we have a... A simple little uh, web address. <clears throat> it's called i-lead, L-E-A-D, the dash is a hyphen, uh, i-lead.com. And um, 
I've got several, you know, we keep a blog up where we're always writing about contemporary things and, you know, just learn a little bit about our work, but you'll see the leadership challenge stuff is splashed all over it. And so I really uh, thank you for that and appreciate the opportunity to get to, to chat with you a little bit here in front of some other folks. And hopefully we've all learned a little bit more about leadership today. I believe we have, and what a gift uh, to be able to speak with you. Uh, I got to tell you, the the world is a better place uh, because you're in it, Steve. And I want to thank you on behalf of our internet audience. Thank you for the contributions to leadership. Thank you for the work you've done with Jim and with Barry. You are a phenomenal leader. Well, folks, listen, that wraps up our conversation with the wonderful Steve Coates. And uh, I'm excited about uh, what's coming up in your leadership in the future. But until then, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you at the top. Thank you for tuning in to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, where executive leadership meets values, authenticity, and integrity in the marketplace. If you would like to know more about Paradigm 360 Consulting, check us out on the web, www.paradigm360consulting.com, or continue the Exec Talk conversation on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of executive leadership coach Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top.